Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What is up, football fans? This is Danny Austin. I am here in Calgary for the second episode of the uh, Live from the 55 podcast here, brought to you by the Nation Network um, in smoky Calgary. Um, it's Sunday afternoon, so we're going to do a little bit of a wrap-up of the first weekend of the CFL season. Um, full disclosure, this is dropping Monday morning, but we are recording um, before the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Edmonton Elks play um, this afternoon. That's obviously disappointing. That's a game that... Uh, I'm actually really interested in, but we have three other games to talk about. We have a couple of fun guests. We got Sean Lemon, um, currently trying to figure out where he is going to play this season. Uh, I was with the BC Lions before being released, but he is going to be joining us. Um, really looking forward to chatting with him. He's obviously a guy who played with the St. Peters the last two years, so I know pretty well, and I'm very grateful. And then coming out of Winnipeg, uh, we've got Darren Bombing. Uh, the kind of do everything host of, of Bonfire Sports. He there's no one who knows more about the Bombers than him. But I know he watched all the games this week, and uh, just generally excited to talk to him. Um, Darren's one of my close friends, and uh, is a guy I do a lot of work with. But he's also just one of my favorite people to talk about the league with. So um, yeah, really excited to have those two. Um, but before we get going, I think probably I should start talking about the Stampeders home opener. Uh, they lost 25 to 15 to the BC Lions. Um, I know just speaking with some fans over the weekend, there's a lot of uh, concern about the way that the Stampeders played. I can't say that I blame everyone for that. I did not think that the offense looked like it was clicking at all. Uh, Jake Mayer did not look like he was on the same page as his receivers. Um I'll say on the other side of the ball, I actually thought that the defense played better than, um, you know, maybe they're being given credit for. I don't think the defensive line put Vernon Adams Jr. under a ton of pressure. But other than that, I honestly, I, I don't think there can be any huge complaints about the way the defense played. It was more the offense just not being able to stay on the field, not being able to um, get get long drives going. But I will argue that maybe surprisingly to me, um, it has seemed like the even bigger story out of that game was the attendance. Uh there were less than 18,000 people in the stands at McMahon Stadium. I've seen stories by, you know, the Daily Hive. I've seen it sort of covered all over from media that, to be honest, rarely ever touches the CFL or rarely ever touches the Stampeders. So that's been a little bit a little bit surprising to me. I will say that, you know, I've covered the team since 2016. Anyone who's paying attention knows that this decline in attendance has been gradual, but it has been ongoing, and it's been sort of happening year after year after year. Speaking with people around McMahon last week, I, I thought, to be honest, 18,000 was a good number compared to what some people were predicting. It was a hot day. It was a Thursday. We should just not have Thursday night games during the school year. 
here in Calgary. Uh, it's not a recipe for getting a big crowd out. People are not ready to pay attention to football. People aren't bringing their families on a Thursday night. It's never going to work, particularly when it's the Lions. But I don't think if it was the Riders, we would have seen a huge crowd anyways. this was it, It's just not a recipe for, for good attendance in a gate-driven league. I don't really understand why it happens. But I, I, I don't think that's the only thing going on here. I think that we are seeing a gradual decline in terms of the Stampeders and, and their audience share. Um, I think that COVID accelerated that. I think that we have seen a lack of investment in sort of on-the-ground marketing around the city. I think that you've also seen a sort of corresponding increase in the money that is being spent on sort of digital advertising and, and digital marketing. And then that's super important. But I, I think we really do need to speak realistically about the Stampeders. I think there are still people who think that they're a team that's going to draw 27 or 28,000 to a regular season game. And it's just not, that hasn't happened for years. We're going to get a big crowd for Labor Day. There will be a little bit of a boost for the riders, a bigger boost if the riders are good. Um, beyond that, you know, we're, we're, I think we're looking at 20 to 21,000 for most games. And I, I don't think we can be surprised by 18,000, even though it is the smallest crowd in years. The question is what you do to reverse that. I will say that pregame, uh, I went by Stamps House, sort of the revamped, rejuvenated, renovated uh, red and white club. It was amazing. Jay McNeil, the new VP of business operations for the team, has done just an incredible job. I, I, I have seen more energy coming out of out, out of the stadium um, from the business side than I have in years under Jay. I am really, really impressed. And I, I, I do think, I, I wrote this in my 10 takeaways column, but there's a lot of work to be done, but that doesn't mean that the work hasn't started. And I, I think that we need to give the Stampeders credit and we need to give their business operations team credit for, for getting it going. I don't know, unless you replace the stadium, I think that there's always going to be a pretty big block for a lot of people to coming out to games. And I think that that is only getting more and more pronounced. Um, but I think that the work that can be done has started and I'm impressed. So concerning attendance, I, I, I think we all know that, and I don't think that there's any question there. I don't think we should sugarcoat it. But I also think that we need to acknowledge that, you know, you, you can't, you have to do the work at some point. And I don't think the work was getting done for a number of years, or at least was not getting done properly. And I think that the turnaround has already begun. I don't know that that is going to translate into more people in the seats this year, maybe even next year. But under Jay's leadership, I do have a lot of faith um, in this team getting it done properly. It's just, it's really going to be, tough seeing an empty McMahon stadium for a lot of games or half empty or, or even more than half empty. And that's what we saw this weekend. And I, I know that it hurt a lot of football fans agree to see the stadium like that, to see sort of Calgary football, the, the community got kind of ridiculed a little bit by, by fans in other, in other cities or across the country. So um, it was a tough, it was a tough opener. It was a tough game to watch. It was a tough game to, to be at, but all we can do is, you know, Hope that more fans are out next time and, and that these crowds do get better and that, you know, that groundswell of support builds. People go to a game, they have a good time, they come back. That's what you want. And, uh, you know, I'm still optimistic that we're going to get that. So um, that's that for now. We're going to toss over to, I believe, Darren Bombing. Darren, you are coming. You are not in Winnipeg. You are outside of Winnipeg at a lake. I'm very jealous. Um, how is it? It looks beautiful. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really nice. It's been incredibly hot here in southern Manitoba over the last couple of weeks. It's cooled down a little bit, but still really nice and warm. And uh, yeah, hey, if you got a couple of days, uh, you know, between games, might as well get away when you can, right? No doubt, man. Um, did you get? Did you watch the games this weekend as, as many as you could? Yeah, I watched a, a good chunk of them. Looking forward to uh, Saskatchewan, Edmonton. 
tonight. Uh, that's for sure. You know, BC looked good. You know, uh, I was really impressed with Vernon Adams. I think everybody was impressed with Vernon Adams. Um, but uh, I was just as impressed with uh, Mizell, their uh, rookie tailback. Everybody, you know, lots of conversation to hang right about James Butler leaving and with no um, Nathan Rourke there anymore, how important the run game could be in BC. He put a lot of people's uh, concerns to rest, uh, had a really strong game, but uh, I, I, I'm very surprised with what I saw from the Calgary Stampeders offense. And I'm really uh, less surprised, but also as concerned uh, about Nick Arbuckle and, and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, neither of those offenses looked like they could get anything going. They looked very one-dimensional and um, both teams, Ottawa in particular, left a ton of points on the field. Nick Arbuckle looked frankly bad. Um, Jake Mayer looked like he was up against a legit defense for the first time in his life. Uh, that's at least how it appeared to me. Um, I think Calgary is still a good football team. I think Ottawa is still a good football team, but, um, getting Jeremiah Masoli back to Ottawa, I think will, uh, really give them a punch in the arm. He, he's a legit starter in this league, a legit star quarterback in this league for my dollar. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders, who knows, you know, is Winnipeg's defense that good? Um, uh, or, or pardon me, was the BC Lions defense that good, you know, with, with TJ Lee and uh, making a lot of plays, Gary Peters making a lot of plays, uh, good pressure up front, um, you know, and, and uh, pretty much keeping Kadeem Carey and, and Peyton Logan in check. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what Calgary brings next week. Yeah, so it's interesting with, with the Stampeders. They've always been bad in week one. Like, and it's, I don't want to in any way make excuses, but like I asked Dave Dickinson about it and he said, this is something that we have to address in training camps going forward because they try, they basically don't play their starters, but they look terrible for, for the better part of three and a half quarters. Like there's no yeah. sugarcoating it. Jake, Jake wasn't looking downfield at all. Um, most of their passes, Derek Taylor, he was like, this is boring to watch. It's just little dinky donkey passes where they then try to get five yards after carry. Um, and it, it just, wasn't working but like it's not just that it's boring it's that it's ineffective and that the whole thing with the cfl is you want to stretch the field and use the the big field out there and they just weren't doing it um but it's weird like it's just you know this is a what have you done for me lately sport and because jake was so bad in the west semifinal last year like i know it's these two games are really really sticking out and i still think that there's need to be patient with jake and you know but they couldn't practice today because of the smoke so it's how much improvement are they going to have week to week? They just happen to be playing a pretty, what looks like a, a an Ottawa team that doesn't scare me. I'll say that this week. So they might still be okay. But like, I, I was really, I, I left that game first time in seven years, really wondering if this Stampeders team um, is going to be a contender this year, because I'll tell you this, we've talked off air. We've talked all, None of us were taking – we all thought there was going to be a big drop-off in BC. I'm not sure there is. If Vernon can play like that yeah. week after week, and consistency has always been his issue, but if he can play like that and that defense, like they've, they've got a good D-line. They, they come at you in waves. Um, I like their, their defensive backs. I, I think that, B, that BC team is a good team. I think, And I know it's one game, and I don't want to overreact, but you know, I, I think Vernon Adams, of everyone in the league, had the best, he had the best week. He'd be, you know, it's way too early to do MOP power rankings, but I'll give him my number one spot after one game. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe counter that uh, to, to keep in mind Zach Kolaris throwing three touchdowns and 200 yards in the first quarter. 
of uh, their game against Hamilton. Uh, you know, finished with 364 yards, I think it was, was was clean, no interceptions, uh, looked just really yeah, there was the weird fumble, form. but that's that that doesn't really count against them. It was sure, just, yeah, you, there was there were times in that game just to, to jump over to Winnipeg Hamilton where you were thinking somebody was going to cough up the ball on every single play. Uh, Hamilton really hung in there to uh, make it a, a a pretty interesting game, a wild game, especially in in the second half when things looked to be completely out of hand in the first half. Um, but to to your point about the Calgary Stampeders, yeah, I I I too am am wondering. You know, uh, if this is just early season, we don't want to go into the the third and fourth and fifth pages of the playbook, or if something is actually wrong. Um, Jake Mayer didn't knock anybody's socks off last year. Let, let's not pretend that that's the case. And and you know, well, okay, you know, will he get back to it this year? Uh, yeah, he stole Bo Levi Mitchell's job. To be blunt about it, and I don't think that was an easy decision. Um, by Dave Dickinson or John Huffnagel or anybody inside that building. We know those two guys are, are the ones uh, making the ultimate decision. So, um, you know, was it Bo Levi Mitchell's injury history? Was it we need to go younger? Um, I really wonder how general managers uh, and head coaches in the CFL look at the window to win. Because, you know, in the National Hockey League, you talk about windows to win. Uh, you know, I'm here in Winnipeg. They got Connor Hellebuck and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley and, and a bunch of guys that are on expiring contracts. And it's, well, okay, 2023 was our window. Now that's closing. Now they got to trade a bunch of these guys and maybe start from scratch. So for the Stampeders, was it let's get young or is it, well, hey, it's the CFL. Anybody can win any season. So I've always said that many teams may keep things vanilla in the first couple games because they don't really want to, to open everything up and put everything they have on film. Does that mean they're not going to call a play they think will work in the fourth quarter to win a game? No, they, they may do that. They probably will do that. You want to win every game matters. Um, but I do wonder if, uh, you know, intricate offenses, offenses with a lot of weaponry uh, and, and different ways to beat you like the Calgary Stampeders have, uh, I'm I'm such a fan of Reggie Bagleton and, and what he's able to do in so many different ways. You know, you you told me about uh, uh, Odom's Dukes uh, and and to keep an eye out for him in that slot back spot. And you were right. Uh, you know, pulled in a touchdown and, and looked like he's big, he's fast, he's got nice hands. You know, it looks to be a, a nice piece uh, to to build around. And then you have the one two punch. And I mean, it's it's truly a one A one B in my opinion. Uh, maybe the best running back in the league in Kadeem Carey and and uh, somebody that can just make guys miss uh, and is so dangerous in open space in Peyton Logan um, and a pretty good uh, veteran offensive line. I, I think Calgary will eventually get it going, whether it's the decision to keep things vanilla or if, uh, you know, BC just kind of had their number. Um, BC's def Everyone's talking about Vernon Adams. BC's defense was, was, was very good in week 100%. one. And like, that's the thing. I mean, when you talk about Reggie, like Reggie just wasn't getting open downfield. So they were having to give him those shorter passes, which yeah. were, was why it was boring. And I will say, I mean, look, every team has injuries. So I always, you know, hate it, hate introducing this caveat. But Zach Williams was hurt. He was not playing in that game. Honestly, Josh Coker would be their starting left tackle right now. Like their their offensive line was not what it is going to look when healthy. So um, I don't know if that's an excuse or, or an explanation, but the run game should be significantly better than it was. And they fell behind, so they couldn't run the ball as much as they would like. So there are excuses, but I also just honestly, I mean, 
at some point it's what you put on the field. And that's like my, to jump to, to Winnipeg a little bit. It was my one takeaway. Like despite the craziness of the second half, I, I am just one of those guys who it's partially trolling, but I'm constantly waiting for the bombers to fall off for their old guys to look old. And I just like the first half, and I was like, God, oh, they're not going anywhere. Well, they look Danny, you know, exactly for, for, as good dominant as anyone as they have in the last couple. Of yeah, I mean, Adam Bigel was running all over the field, and people were wondering, you know, okay, he missed every single day of training camp. He's you know thirty whatever years old. He's he's been in the league. This is his thirteenth season in pro football. Thirteenth, and he's still playing incredibly at an incredibly high level. Um, Willie Jefferson. You know, he's in his 30s now, spent his first winter here in Winnipeg as he moved his family from Texas uh, to, uh, you know, the the chilly confines of of southern Manitoba. And um, two pass knockdowns, two sacks, forced fumble, like he was an absolute force. Um, And that was with Jackson Jeffcoat, the bookend that everybody says, well, if you, you, you take out, you know, if you focus on Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat will eat your lunch. Well, Jeffcoat left the game, I think, in the first quarter. And they had a rookie there and a rotation of guys um, filling in. That didn't stop Willie Jefferson from being in uh, Bo Levi Mitchell's face all night long. Um, for I your... think it was Bo who told me last yeah. year, like just like casually on the road at one point, he was like, as long as they have Big Hill and Jefferson, he's like, they're going to be the team to be. Yeah. Like those two are, they're, it's not like they're not talked about. It's not like anyone doesn't know that those guys are good who follows the CFL, but there's yeah. almost like no way to quantify just how, like genuinely how incredible they are and seeing it again again like you know me like i love trolling winnipeg <laughs> I love more. and i'm just like they're in their 30s like that's the big question and it just doesn't appear to be a question like they well, they haven't lost a step yeah the, the age i think is is at the forefront of the conversation here in winnipeg because you know for your viewers that you know maybe aren't uh, on the the daily ball here in winnipeg this was one of the most boring uneventful unnewsworthy uh, training camps that I ever remember for this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team. And I've been covering this team daily since 2011 with when Paul Apolise was the head coach the first time. Um, you know, three stints here uh, now as uh, as a coach, uh, at least in my tenure. Um, but the, the age is, I think, at the forefront because Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick uh, are – you know, getting up there in age, Patrick Newfeld, another starting offensive lineman, uh, is up there. Um, the only position they have, I would, I would say, that isn't in that thirty age range, and that's kind of that magic number in pro football, is their starting running back in in Winnipegger and obviously a Canadian uh, Brady Oliveira coming off a, a thousand yard rushing season. Um, Had one hundred six on yeah. Friday. Yes, it was Friday. Yeah, I think he hit a career high for himself in combined yards. He was in that 165, 170-yard range. So, uh, you know, they, they used him really effectively in the in the bubble screen game, and, and he's showing to be a weapon, um, you know, as a draft pick, a uh, second-round draft pick of this team uh, just about three years ago. So, you know, age on the offensive line, um, not a ton of age in the receiving core, but but it's there. Nick Dembski, I think, is as, as good as ever. Um, but Our you know, he's been, ridiculous. Yeah, he's been in the league a, a good uh, amount of time. Kenny Lawler has been in the league a, a little bit, but I wouldn't say, you know, on the older side, uh, if anything, Dalton shown, you know, rookie season leads the league, uh, in receiving defensively. Yeah. The, the D line is old. Jake Thomas has been, uh, he's the longest tenured blue bomber on the entire team. Um, at, at, as a Canadian defensive tackle, the two ends we just talked about, Big Hill, um, you know, in the middle, uh, and, and the defensive backs, Alden Darby, very veteran.
veteran player. Winston Rose, uh, unavailable. You know, I think he's on the six-game injury list to start the season. Uh, he's a little bit older. Brandon Alexander's had uh, a real run with injuries. He, um, you know, they're starting safety uh, a little bit older, been in the league a long time. So yeah, it's it's a veteran group. It's a it's a, a very age uh, heavy group, but there's pros and cons to that. If they can stay healthy, that's the con. Then you know that veteran experience I think helps a heck of a lot. Sticking with that game, um, it's a hard one to talk about because it's like look. There was a lot of weird stuff that happened, but how in general did Bo look for Hamilton? Because, you know, I, I've obviously covered him really closely here in Calgary. Um, and the reality is, like, I, I don't think he was injured at the start of last year. I just think he was missing throws. Like, it was, like, his mechanics were off. Something was going on, and he didn't look great. But then he came in at the end of that West semifinal, and you were like, holy cow. Like, when this guy's on, there's just no one in the league. He still has the arm. He can still do it. He's still he's the best gunslinger around but he did that for two drives so how how in your opinion like seeing him up close how, how was he uh early i thought he looked rusty or he looked off um you know made a couple throws uh demario houston a young defensive back in the blue bombers starting secondary he had two interceptions uh one came on a two-point conversion attempt the other was really early in the game where bo levi mitchell threw an out route to the sideline and it was just a bad throw. It was a bad decision to make. Uh, I hang that, you know, some picks you're like, okay, the pressure was there. Maybe it's on the O-line or the receiver. Maybe was th- this was a decision to throw the football that was not smart. It and almost felt like he didn't see the DB, right? Like it's like he thought yeah. that the DB was on the like on the sideline. I, like, I, I, I don't understand. Or he that. didn't get all of it. Didn't get everything he wanted to on it. Yeah. You know, is the arm strength still there? That That's going to be uh, a question. Oh, that's always in the back of people's minds when they watch Bo Levi Mitchell. How is the shoulder? How is the arm strength? Uh, you know, when you're 12 years old in, in Katy, Texas, and, and you're able to sling it, and then you're 16 and everyone's watching and you're able to sling it. And then you're in pro football and everyone's watching. You're able to sling it. And then suddenly you're in your 30s, 33 years of age, after a couple of shoulder surgeries and a lot of injuries, that natural thing that you've always been able to do maybe isn't quite as just quite as uh, much zip uh, as it used to have that that can probably creep in so was it something like that or was it a bad decision you know of course we will never know but um Bo didn't knock anybody's socks off in week one uh who does calgary have week two ottawa yeah so uh, a much better matchup for them ottawa's defense is good they're gonna bring pressure with with uh, i think a very talented defensive front um, but you know, he, he had his work cut out for him at IG field, 30,000, I think it was, yeah, over 30,000 fans. There it was loud when he was on the field. It's the toughest okay. assignment for a team that yeah. has all these new moving pieces. Like it's yeah. honestly, anyone would have looked bad against Winnipeg. And I'm not just saying that week one, that's, that's not what you want. And especially when just the amount of free agency that they sort of engaged in. Um, yeah. That was Duke, Duke Williams, too, every, every receiver in this Ticats receiving core is new to him. And, and obviously the offensive line too, everything's new. So you never know until you play a game, you can do all the, the preseason games or, or, you know, live scrimmages, whatever, until you see live bullets under the lights, you never really know. So uh, I'm definitely not writing off Bo Levi Mitchell, like many people did on, on my post game show, uh, you know, commenters uh, and that sort of thing. He's done this and that. I'm not doing that on a guy 
that is suddenly in, in a very new surrounding. Hamilton is an incredibly well-crafted football team, top to bottom. Continuity everywhere from the GM's office to the coaching staff. Uh, and they, you can tell that they uh, are hosting the Grey Cup this November because they went out and spent a lot of money on a lot of different position groups uh, around Bo Levi Mitchell to make him a good player. He, he went after Tim White early and often. The connection wasn't quite there. Duke Williams was pretty pedestrian. Uh, James Butler, I think, uh, you know, it'll take some time for Hamilton to get used to having a tailback. Like they did some things with Don Jackson, but they've always been a team that doesn't really run the football. Like, many others in the league do so will they use him that way? i think um it's kind of training wheels for the hamilton tiger cats uh maybe they'll be able to open things up uh and and show what they're truly capable of uh you know against some different teams yeah winnipeg's a tough one but as the season goes on well and you don't need to go 18 and 0 to win the east that's for sure right like right. um i mean and we didn't get I don't want to just sit here and criticize the schedule makers. How were the Grey Cup champions not playing on week one? Like, how are the Toronto Argonauts not scheduled to play this weekend? I don't, I don't understand it even a little bit. Um, yeah. But then that Ottawa-Montreal game, like you said it, I mean, it's hard to draw too many conclusions, like what it says about Montreal, because I do think the turnovers by Ottawa were, like, those weren't all great Montreal defense. Um, you know, there were, there were some mistakes out there by Ottawa. And as you said, do, do we have any timeline? Like, I, I'm genuinely asking, I should know this, but like, why are they hoping for Mazzoli to be back? Yeah, they said he'll miss the first two games, and then Ottawa has a bye in week three. So they're they're giving him that three weeks of the season. I don't even know if this is related to his knee injury last year or if this is something new that's crept up. You know how training camp is. Hamstrings, groins, some of those soft tissue uh, well, issues. Mazzoli's not young, up. right? If stuff pops yeah. up. It, it can be related to that without being that, right? Um, yeah. But if and I yeah, could write I mean, a lead, if I could write a lead for for your newspaper, Danny, it, it would be this: the Ottawa Redblacks need Jeremiah Masoli back as soon as humanly possible. Uh, they looked really bad without him. Um, uh, you I know, guess the team that I had picked to be the the worst team in the league. I had Montreal like I I had them as the lowest on my like little internal power rankings, just because there was so much upheaval, and you know it's good that they got the ownership in place, but. You know, Eugene Lewis was quite vocal about mm -hmm. about the situation there being a bit of a mess. So I thought that they were going to be awful this year. But I will also, like, tip of the hat to Cody Fajardo, who looked better than he did last year. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm not saying he's going to be an MOP candidate necessarily, but, like, I, I had ridden him off a little bit, and ultimately sure. he got the job done. He wasn't exceptional, but, you know, threw for 260 yards. I think that, like, there's something there. Only in the CFL you see a head coach, an offensive coordinator get reunited, uh, the remarriage with the starting quarterback and Cody Fajardo. So will Jason Moss, Cody Fajardo 2.0 work? Because it didn't 1.0 in Saskatchewan. I'm curious about that. You know, losing Geno Lewis, I think, probably had uh, Jason Moss and, and Cody Fajardo as upset as anybody in Montreal. Um but, uh, you know, they, they showed, uh, you know, some nice weapons. I think um, Mac was the one receiver there, uh, the, the young guy that they got. You know, we'll, we'll see if that comes together. Getting William Stanback uh, back and healthy for the start of the season is a really nice thing. Uh, he's one of the best players. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too. 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the CFL and to get injured, what was that, first drive of the first quarter, of week one last year really kind of um, I think painted a picture in Ottawa that um, w- was, you know, what you ended up getting. And that was, uh, you know, concern about whether they're going to be able to compete all season long. That said, just like last year, they lost pretty much all of their games, pretty much all of them by like four points or less. And last night, Ottawa left points on the field. Uh, Arbuckle, I think, it was Jalen Acklin who he missed, skied it a little bit over him uh, at the end of the first half. Um, you know, they just, they left points on the field. And, and if you're a team like Ottawa that, that just needs to get a little bit of positive momentum uh, with a new head coach in, in Bobby Dice, who's incredibly experienced, uh, a Winnipeg native, um, you know, in his first uh, full non-interim head coaching job with Ottawa, I think just getting that those good feelings going uh, is going to be very important. That's why I look at, um, you know, them hosting the Calgary Stampeders, that's going to be one of the best games in week two uh, because it's going to be two yeah. desperate teams trying trying to, to get something going. But and anyone um, like, I mean, I Ottawa, I mean, I'm not on the road this year, but I have been for the last six. And like Ottawa is because my mom's from there. So I get to see my family is my favorite road trip. But the games sure. are never easy for Calgary there. Calgary does not play particularly well in Ottawa. I don't know if it's like that midsummer humidity in Ontario. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but the stamps like that is that game should not be taken as a, Oh, Calgary is going to come in and get it together. Right. They've already missed one of their three practices of the week today because of forest, forest fire smokes. Plus it's Ottawa, which is traditionally a tough place. It's a long flight. Um, that's a, that's an opportunity for the Red Blacks. It, it, like if I, I would not, there's no part of me that thinks the Stampeders are going to be able to bounce back enough from week one that that should be treated as them being a heavy favorite. Um, Just based on week one, I, I give the Ottawa Red Blacks defense uh, the early advantage over what I saw from the Stampeders offense. What we'll see from uh, Calgary's defense against Ottawa's offense, you probably have to give it to Calgary early, but Calgary's defense didn't didn't look um you know particularly good in week one either i just think if it's a nick arbuckle run offense in ottawa uh, i don't know if they're going to be able to, to get too much going unless he pulls his head out of his you know what and and uh you know becomes a, a completely different 
player on the field in week two than, than what we saw last night. Um, I, I've said it. I'll, I'll say it again. I hate to, to, to rag on a guy after a bad game, but Nick Arbuckle was bad in week one. I, I mean, there's no point in not saying it. it it's it's fact. And I just didn't we'll have see. to say it. Twice. <laughs> no. no. And I mean, I can say that from a Calgary perspective, just talking to, to fans to talk to people like there is real concern about that defensive line. Um, I've got Sean Lemon come on after you, but like they yeah. let Sean Lemon and, and Fuller and Armalade walk. Um, two guys who were very productive last season and brought in uh, James Waters and Julian Hauser, who are both like guys with good reputations. Like they are absolutely yeah. capable players. There's no doubting. And I imagine that they are going to make an impact, but they didn't in week one. And it was mm -hmm. like, everyone had just been waiting to jump on that storyline. Um, yeah. Because you let those two guys walk. Lemon's still sitting out there. Um, what's Jeff Coates deal? Do you know how serious that injury is? I, I no, no. No, but but Jeff Coates, uh, you know, for uh, for the type of player he's been when healthy, incredibly impactful on the defensive line. When uh, not healthy, you know, those times are kind of creeping up to. Um, sorry, just want to uh, silence my phone. Pardon Don't me worry. for that. My mom um, called me a minute and a half into my first episode. I hadn't silenced my phone and my mom FaceTimed. It was brutal. See, that's my sister because she's coming in from Toronto to Winnipeg for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary uh, this weekend. So, um, Happy anniversary I'll, to Darren's parents. That's very Yeah, exciting. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a pretty great thing. Um, yeah, so your question about uh, the the Calgary defensive front, like their work was, was cut out for them because they were facing – um, you know, a very new look offense with a ton of weapons um, in that receiving core in BC. Uh, Dominic Grimes might, it, man, he might be number one. Like they I, threw I thought, him 13 times too. Like they just yeah. didn't stop. They, they, they found him early. Then they kept going. Um, Jordan Maximick, uh, BC's offensive coordinator has shown the ability to do it over and over and over again with different types of quarterbacks, Michael Riley, uh, Nathan Rourke, and, and now most recently in BC, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. VA looks like a different guy. He looks like this, you know, dangerous, fleet of foot, strong-armed, accurate, smart quarterback that I think we'd seen flashes of through, you know, his his couple stops uh, across the CFL and, and most recently in Montreal, but, but definitely not consistently. Um, he had an outstanding preseason. You can hear, and you talk to anybody in Vancouver or Southern BC, they've raved about what they've seen in Vernon Adams. You're like, okay, you know, maybe that's because they want to kind of, uh, you know, shy away from the the news that is no longer Nathan Rourke being there. Um, you know, like, we'll be okay. Look how good Vernon Adams has been. But then, hey, week one, um, in, in a legit matchup, uh, Vernon Adams looked really good. So, um, you and know, it, it, it was no it was no mistake that in the offseason, they came right out like very early, like December or January, yeah. when it was clear Rourke was leaving and said Vernon Adams is the starter here. And yeah you know, him bouncing around, doing all of that. Like, it's not, I genuinely believe it is not fair to evaluate a quarterback who didn't get a training camp as the starter. Like, yep. they're just, they need that. And that confidence that they had in him and that probably ability to really work with him to get ready for mm -hmm. the season is going to pay dividends. Um, and I think we saw that it did. He, no, Vernon is always good against Calgary. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's like, th this is a team that he seems to, like Mike Rose just can't quite tackle him. And Mike Rose can tackle everybody. Um, yeah. So, but full marks to Vernon. And then I just think Dominic Grimes, like there's only so many receivers like him. Um, and 
yeah, he he was out jumping guys. His his route running is so good. Yeah, he, he was the number one guy with Burnham out there and just totally totally fit the role and and, and stepped up. So and they were really without Keon Hatcher. You know, yeah. it's not just being without a guy, but but not having that uh, attention draw away from um, you know your your other weapons. Lucky Whitehead left the game uh, early. I think he came back, but, uh, but you know yeah, it wasn't like they were were full force. Yeah, it yep. wasn't like they were full force. So, um, boy, I, that that all said, I, I do want to say this. You know, yes, they told they, they said Vernon Adams is our starter from day one, but they did trade assets to Hamilton to to get Dane Evans. And Dane Evans, yeah, he turned the ball over like a maniac in 2022. But he is an experienced quarterback. He is a uh, you know he has started a lot of games in this league, including a Grey Cup. Um, you know, to, to go and, and spend assets on an experience number two, you could tell that BC wasn't putting all of their eggs into the Vernon Adams basket. Um, I don't think it would have been prudent to do that, but I think it's important to keep that in mind that, you know, they weren't, uh, they were less prepared last year with, with Nathan Rourke, you know, it's like, okay, Michael sure. O'Connor is, is our, our number two. Well, Michael O'Connor is not even in pro football anymore. So, um, yeah. I feel bad. It's, been, was, it's been fascinating to see BC take shape, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know. They may be number two right now in the West. They may be number two in the league, to be perfectly honest with you. But yeah. we will have to see. But dude, thank you so much, man. I, I, I called you in last minute here. Uh, we are going to be trying to do videos sort of throughout the year to, to the two yeah. of us. So uh, people should keep an eye out for that. But I do hope to have you on because there's no one I enjoy talking with football about as much. I screwed up that sentence. I like talking <laughs> about football with you, buddy. That's all yeah. I'm trying to say. So thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, have a great time at the cabin, man. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. And uh, yeah, always good, Danny. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Cheers, buddy. All right. Well, thank you again to Darren Bombing from Bonfire Sports. You guys should definitely uh, check out his content. I imagine he will be a fairly regularly guest, regular guest here because he's a good friend of mine. And uh, he's really smart about football. And I do think that the Winnipeg perspective is important just because of sort of their their place as kind of the top team in the league. Um, we now are going to be jumping. We're just waiting for, for him to come in. And uh, Sean Lemon, longtime uh, CFL veteran, formerly with the Stampeders, currently uh, looking for a team. Um, he's going to join us and come in and talk. And it's uh, deeply frustrating here that I can't get any stats from the CFL website. This is a, a recurring issue. Um, that the CFL is currently apparently addressing, but I just want to look at Sean Lemon's stats because he is closing in on a hundred career sacks, which very, very few player have um, players have ever done. So it's, I don't know, Sean Lemon's CFL legend. Uh, he has bounced around the league and is currently, again, I, I suspect we're going to see Lemon um, end up somewhere very soon. I think that he is simply like too skilled and too good a pass rusher to not, um, to not be in the league right now and you know this is a guy who had 14 sacks last year you know five force fumbles there's no question that he is still productive he's he was the west division's most outstanding defensive player nominee um you know sean lemon's a pretty amazing player and has had an incredible career and uh yeah i think he's logging in any second now i did not do this on purpose by the way <laughs> That's hilarious. i just realized i had a stampede shirt on I, it's the first thing I noticed when you when you came yeah. on screen. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but Sean, tell me, tell me, man, how's uh, how's life? Where are you right now? Um, I'm in uh, Maryland right now. Okay. Uh, back home, just waiting on things to 
see hopefully things you know get signed soon you know yeah so i mean obviously it's been probably what it's been three weeks a month since um since sort of you you are no longer with the lions um is it basically like okay stay in the gym stay ready yeah no i've been working out every day and you know staying ready and you know doing my rounds to see what's available and see what's out there um yeah it's been it's been tough though because i'm like i'm really a football guy you know what i mean like i just i'm not one of the guys that just play pro football just to play pro football like i really love everything about you know playing football and you know i put the time in the work in and film study working out and just making sure my body's right i really i really enjoy the process of football as well so yeah that's something to be honest like while you were in calgary the last years dave dickinson talked about like the amount of work that you put into your body like he says is sort of unrivaled eh? he's like he said the whole off season it's nutrition it's it, it's the whole thing it's yeah like, it's something yeah, that i have like, a nutrition off season i uh get massage stuff like i'm in the season throughout the week um I always just try to work on myself and work on my body. What can I be better at? And honestly, I feel like this, it could have easily been a 20 sack season for me this year. And it still can be. Um, I've never felt as good as I feel now. That's amazing. Um, and like you came into camp fully healthy. Like, I don't really know what happened with the lions and you may not want to talk about it. And that's fair. No, but like, that's you fine. Fine. I, uh, I was easily having, you know, even, you know, uh, the defensive coordinator, they spoke out, you know, said that, you know, Sean looked great in camp. It wasn't anything to do with uh, his uh, his production or his play. I was easily having, you know, the best camp of my career, I would say. Uh, winning my one-on-ones, winning in team reps, you know, just being a leader, helping out some of the younger guys. And, you know, but they wanted to change the ratio uh, because the offense was struggling a little bit in camp. So, uh, you know, what I actually, when I got cut, the phone call to come up there to get cut, in my mind, I've never spoken about this, but I thought I was calling to get extension. <laughs> you know? <Really? laughs> I'm thinking I was with TJ Lee, and uh, it was me, TJ Lee, and uh, Gary Peters. We were just having lunch, and I was like, yeah, they just asked me to come up to the uh, office. And they're like, oh, they're probably going to extend your contract. Like, none of us thought that I was going to get cut. Yeah. And then when I walked in the room, RP was there and uh, Ryan Rigmaiden was there. And he was just like, yeah, man, we're going to let you go. And I started laughing. I thought it was a joke. I'm like, really? And RP's like, I wish it was a joke. And I said, yeah, man, we're going to, you got to change our ratio. And uh, we're going to go Canadian at the end. And I was just stunned. You know, and I just know what it, perception of it looks like because. Like there's no media coverage at our practices, Not in so anybody can easily assume that Sean Lemon didn't show up in the best shape of his life. Sean Lemon didn't look good in practice, or the one thing that always gets me is fans and people around the league think that I'm a locker room issue, or, something, or he did something. You know what I mean? Which is not the case, but it, it's it's too much. Uh, it's not enough clarity when it comes to situations with myself with, you know, what actually went down. But, um, yeah, no, they just wanted to change the ratio. Nothing to do with the skill set for me. No, that's, yeah. That's good to get that out there. Because, honestly, like, it's one of the funny things where I, like, I see those perceptions of you as well. Right. Like, locker room thing. It's like, okay, well, you've played for a bunch of teams. But, like, they also bring you back. Right? Yeah, like, I played for a lot of teams. Yeah. Two, two times, three issue. times. So it's, it's, if you're that uh, you're a bad of a guy or a locker room, and I have a lot of friends throughout the league, and 
person. You know, so everywhere I go, there's, you know, a group of friends that I've always connect with and still talk to. So, uh, no, I've never been a locker room issue anywhere that I've been. Um, I don't know where that perception came from, but, you know, it is what it is. You can't control those things. All I can do is control the person that I am day to day, you know? Absolutely. I was talking to Derek Dennis, and Derek said he was like the thing about sort of not having a team at this point is he kind of knows that he's got to wait a week or two. Like he's got to like things have to play out. You're probably right. not going to get signed right away. Is is that sort of similar? I mean, I know when you got released by Edmonton, Calgary picked you up right away. So it might be different at defensive end. Versus... But the thing was in Cal- Edmonton, I knew I was going to get cut. You know, like I knew I was going to get cut. So I'm like every day I'm in practice. Like I'm, I understand the business side of things, but this BC thing caught me off completely off guard. <laughs> But uh, in Edmonton, I knew I was going to get cut. I didn't get any reps with the ones. Anytime I would make a you know good move in practice, they would like fast forward it and act like it never happened. So uh, I just started recording my reps and sent it to Mace the whole entire time I was in camp. <laughs> <laughs> so I was already 10 steps ahead of it. So he's like, as soon as you get cut, we're bringing you here. So I was like, all right. So you know, I kind of already knew in my mind that you know I was going to go to Calgary as soon as that happened. Yeah. Um... Have you been at all? I, I know you're not going to be able to say which teams or anything, but have you been in conversation with the teams? Yeah, I've been in conversation with at least four clubs right now, but it, they all want to see, you know, everybody leaves training camp and everybody looks good because it goes from practice to, uh, you know, preseason where the guys play like two series. But uh, you want to see what you got, what you have, evaluate those guys. So you just got to give it time and process. And people know what I can do and – you know, I'll be at some point in the season, some team's going to be out there not getting to the quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, you got a double-digit sack guy just sitting at home whenever you're ready. So, yeah. What do, what would be your, like, what would you be looking for in a team? Is it just opportunity or, I mean? Just I all depends. It, just the opportunity. Um, I'm not opposed to going to a situation with a younger group as well because, yeah, I, I can help a, a D-line. Like, I helped, I feel like I helped our D-line in Calgary. Like, um, easily we had three out of four. I probably – well, I'm saying – I know I would have been in the CFL top 50 players this year. But three out of four – 14 D-line. sacks last year? You would have been top 15. Easily. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. three out of four was in – well, Flo was there, Mike Rose was there, and I'm assuming I would have been in there too. So that's four – Three out of four in the D-line top top 50 CFL players, yeah. you know. So uh, just the growth that, you know, just bringing and just talking to guys. And, like, I'm just, you know, I take pride in that. I take pride in, you know, taking guys like Flo, Isaac Berglund, those guys. Isaac was our backup last year at eight sacks. I know. You know, just that confidence, me instilling that confidence in them and, and letting them know that they can do this, you know what I mean? So I just take pride in helping out guys as well. Were you guys surprised? Like that, you said – probably three guys in the top 50 um that that list is a little bit ridiculous right with you but like but were you surprised <laughs> that like three guys in the top 53 a really elite defensive line that there was so much change like you don't often see a team have a I'm, i was surprised i thought uh you know i've always wanted to finish out my career in calgary but um yeah i was very surprised very surprised because it's like 22 sacks and a year uh, pandemic, a post-pandemic season, and I got cut, missed the whole training camp. And last season, when I rotated me the whole season, and I honestly feel like I didn't win defensive play of the year because they sat me that last game of the season. 
And I, when they brought brought it to me to, to sit down the last game of the season, it was no question. It was like, it's best for the team, so I'll do it. If you guys want me to do it, I'll do it. You know, I didn't get a chance to go out there and play against Saskatchewan, the worst offensive line in the league, that our backup D-line got seven sacks. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, I've, I've been selfless uh, for Calgary, and I wanted to be back there, but a contract was never offered to me to pursue that. And they will never come out and say that, of course. And even now, they they wouldn't bring me back. I don't know why, but they won't. So, yeah. yeah my, my Coach Munson wants me back, I would say. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I mean, you're a popular guy around Calgary, so it would seem yeah. – um, I don't want to be – I don't want to be bashing the current guys or anything like that, but, I mean, you said it. Like, there's no one – there's not going to be anyone on the market with your – resume reputation and like you did it last year like it's not like you're some older yeah. guy who's who's been declining you had arguably your best year last year right yeah but and it's it's so it's so it's tough at times is because every i'm not held to the same if i don't get double digit sacks or even in this case i do have double digit sacks i'm still out of the league <laughs> you know yeah. so it's like you can't control those things there's guys and other players that get six sacks and five sacks and you know, I think people get bored with consistency. You know, it's not the new the new trick pony or the, you know, this guy came out of nowhere. We found this guy. So, you know, it is what it is. I can't control those things. All I can control is the product I put on the field. How many are you out for your career now? Like, it's over 90, right? Uh, 92. Yeah. 92? I mean, you get into 100 must. That, that's got to be it's, right? it's I want to so bad. I want to so bad, but... You know, I can't control not having an opportunity right now. Just stay ready, and if it hope, the hope that it comes. You know. Yeah, and it sounds like there are opportunities out there. It sounds like you've had those conversations. And yeah, you know, there's there's teams uh, interested for sure. It's just a matter of when and and uh, when the plugs gonna get pulled or phone gonna get, a phone call come in. You know. And you could be ready. You could be on a plane tomorrow if the call. My came. bags are still <laughs> packed. All I did was when I got cut from BC, I took stuff out, washed it, refolded it. My bags are still packed. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they're still packed, and it's you know all I got to do is just put my PlayStation in there. Yeah, and you, you know, still have that thing where you just want to play, eh? I just love, I just love football. I love football. I love. Uh, I wake up, I get my breakfast, have my shake, and I'm on the way to the gym. I'm not a guy that works a job in the off season or anything. I train for football in the off season. I've done that. Since I was, you know, came out of college, this is what I've done in the off season. When I was coming up in school, I would, uh, great teachers would ask me, like, Yo, what do you want to do when you're I'm going to play professional football? They're, I don't have a backup plan. You know, so it's just something that I, that I, it's not, I don't just do it, just something to fun or do. It's really a part of me, you know? Yeah. Did you watch the CFL games this weekend? Every one of them. <laughs> every one of them ready for the SAS game to come on like every one of them I don't even in season when I'm in season I watch all of them yeah I watch pregame show I watch halftime show like I'm I'm up to date with the tweets I read all the articles on different teams I listen to the interviews throughout the week I you know it just it sets the tone for even when I'm playing it's really a cheat code for players when you play if you watch the practice interviews postgame interviews on what they want to work on what teams want to work on I really research everything when it comes to the, the game of football. Amazing. Anything stick? I mean, Winnipeg looks pretty good. Winnipeg looked really good without uh, Kenny Lawler as well. 
Um, they're only going to get better. They're a team. You can tell they enjoy playing with each other. One thing I did see about Winnipeg that I haven't seen from, you know, any other teams is they celebrate together. They're, they don't care who makes the play, you know, and it's like you see other guys on film, someone else makes the play. The other guy's like, Matt, he didn't make the play, you know, so it's you can see a reason why they win and those guys stay there because they enjoy it. looks like they enjoy being around each other. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. Um, yeah. yeah, it's also like it's, I don't know, I was talking to another reporter just before we had you on and like we were both saying like me being here in Calgary where there has been so much turnover and then I yeah. look at Winnipeg and I'm like, no, like keeping the core group together. Yeah. Like maybe you, maybe you will end up keeping them, some of those guys for an extra year, totally past their prime. But you can right. see just like, what having those guys like having them know that they succeeded together you can see like just what an asset that is you know what i mean most definitely because guys are taking they take less to stay around each other to keep that same atmosphere and we go back to the days when calgary was uh calgary it wasn't a lot of turnover it wasn't it was a lot of it was a veteran driven team and you sprinkle the rookies in like how winnipeg's doing right now that that's the formula to win in this cfl because you gotta have culture you gotta have guys come in and understand that there's a certain way to do things and this is how you do it they got they don't know how to prepare a lot of guys young guys coming in they don't know how to prepare for games especially in the cfl they're still trying to learn the rules of the game so you have a lot of veterans that you know set the structure of how things are done and you know guys fall in line well well man I'm going to let you go, but I really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk, man. And, oh, no, anytime, man. Anytime. Yeah. Um, anytime. Man. I, I definitely enjoy Like, I, I love reading your articles and see the reports that you do because I can tell you you're interested in the CFL. You're not, yeah. like, you know, you, you understand the, the football concept of things, and you're not just reporting the report. You really report what's going on. So definitely appreciate everything you do for our league as well. Man, I mean, uh, that, that goes both ways. That means a lot hearing you say that. So thank you. Um, people are going to laugh at you wearing the Stan Peter skirt. Yeah, I, 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 I promise you this does not happen on purpose and the <laughs> odds of me having it on right now. But um, even even if I'm not there right now, I still feel like I had really four really good years playing in Calgary. So, you know, actually, I, I have all my team, all the teams I play for, I have apparel everywhere. So you never know what day. Like I had Toronto stuff on yesterday working out. <laughs> so, <laughs> It is what it is. But the times that you wear them is when you're unemployed. You can wear whatever, whatever you want to wear. So. That's hilarious. Well, man, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. And, no problem. Uh, yeah, talk to you soon. All right. That was Sean Lemon. That was uh, what an honor to have him on. That was very exciting. We had Darren bombing before that. Um, I don't know. I'm legitimately. I can't wait to see Sean Lemon back in the CFL playing somewhere. Um, I just don't think a guy who had 14 sacks last year, uh, should be sidelined. He's, he's he's too good a player. He's been around for too long. I want him to get openly. I I will root for him to get 200 sacks in his career because I think that's an amazing accomplishment. Puts him in some pretty elite company, but that's a Hall of Famer right there. Uh, one of the guys who I don't think gets the respect necessarily from around the league, um, or at least in media circles, that he sh- he should. He's an amazing player. But um, anyways, we're, uh, we're about an hour from kickoff with Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Uh, really, really looking forward to that one. We're going to try to figure out how we do these Sunday, Sunday shows. Um, but beyond that, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back, I believe, Thursday morning with a new episode um, of, you know, live from the 55. Please like and subscribe and share with all your friends if you enjoy it. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Cheers.